Good morning, everybody. Happy to have you along with us. We've been talking education this week on uh, the program. Uh, we've been talking uh, at, at all levels. We talked last hour with uh, Peter Devlin from Fanshawe College. We wrap up the week uh, by talking uh, to the Thames Valley District School Board. I'm sure there are plenty of parents uh, getting flashbacks as their kids have gone off to school this week. I don't know who started it, but everyone seems to be posting uh, back-to-school pictures, you know, kids holding up, you know, I'm, I'm Devon, I'm going into grade 7, that kind of a thing. It's been happening for years, but it's a tsunami of pictures. But if the end result is the kids being back uh, happy to go to school, that's what you want to see. We're joined by Mark Fisher, Director of Education for the Thames Valley District School Board. Uh, Mark, appreciate the time today. Good morning, Devon. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, what's, this like being, what's this week been like for you? It's been exciting. There's tons of stuff happening. Uh, our enrollment is growing. Uh, I was over at Forest City Public School here in the East End yesterday. We did a lot of improvements to that structure and building, and it was just great to uh, see kids back in school again. You mentioned enrollment is up. How many new students do you have this year? Well, we're anticipating our enrollment is going to be anywhere between four, uh, 84 and 85,000. So just to put that in context, four years ago when I started, uh, we were under 79,000 students. So we predicted growth, but not at this pace. Uh, so it's a good problem to have, but certainly uh, it leads to uh, some challenges around redistribution of students and, and building new schools. Yeah, I mean, it's, you, you expect it, but maybe it's beyond that. To what do you, do you attribute uh, the, the spike in enrollment? Well, I think there's a couple of factors. I mean, one of the things that we're really proud of is that our graduation rates have ra- have risen for the last four years, and we're an all-time high. I think what we're also seeing with uh, the ability to work in a hybrid manner, we have a lot of movement uh, from the GTA out here. And then also, uh, this is an area where we're getting a lot of immigration. So we have all of those things uh, in play. This was a district that really for 10 years had steady and slow decline in enrollment. And it's really taken off like a rocket ship over the last four years. So uh, it's very exciting. You we're building, we have, yeah, sorry, we have four schools that are either in progress or have been approved. Uh, we have an addition happening over at Eagle Heights. And we're about to apply for six to eight new schools, and hopefully, fingers crossed, we get approved for a couple more. Yeah, apologies, Ian. I was just going to say, it, it's kind of like it feels almost uh, you know, like you're trying to plug holes as you get more. It's kind of a good problem to have because you have people coming in. But in terms of uh, making sure there's the distribution and the schools are filled and not overfilled, it, it can be a little bit tricky. It is a little bit tricky, and I really do applaud our Board of Trustees. I know the work around attendance area reviews are challenging. Nobody really wants to, to, to move the schools. But the way it works is we have to utilize fully all of our existing buildings, and we have a few down here where I'm working in the East End that are, are under capacity. And then we have schools in the North End, the West End, and now in the South End that are, are bursting at the seams. And we have to be able to redistribute in order to make our business cases to get new schools. We've been very, very successful uh, but really, uh, the pace is just so quick. It, it's really, really tricky trying to keep up with, with uh, all the new kids coming. As you look ahead to the year, is there anything you're looking forward to, uh, you're, you're excited for? The thing that I like most about my job is the ability to go out and visit schools on a weekly basis and see kind of the ideas that we have here at Central Office in action. I think one of the things we're trying to do this week is reinforce the importance of relationships. I heard you talk earlier about 
uh, even though you didn't really like mathematics, that the connection with the teacher was really what made the difference. And so we are focusing these first three days on kind of making sure that every kid in our system uh, feels a strong connection with at least one adult in their building and that they uh, have strong relationships with their peers. We know there's been a little bit of dysregulation coming out of the pandemic. We see that in all kinds of spaces. So we're really trying to provide schools uh, the support they need to make sure uh, that kids feel safe and included in the buildings. Full credit to you for listening uh, last hour as well. Um, uh, one of the parts to come out of uh, the the whole pandemic experience was remote learning. Do you know how many kids are still doing remote learning at this stage? Yeah, our numbers are dwindling in that re- remote learning space. I think it was really important during the pandemic that we pivot and, and make that uh, option available. But what we're finding, and I see this every day when I'm talking to kids, talking to parents, is that nothing actually beats that experience of working and learning together with your friends, being able to hang out at recess, being able to go play on the soccer pitch or the football field. Uh, So our numbers are very, very low. Uh, We're still offering it this year because there are are a small group of students that do benefit and prefer that model. Uh, But we're under 1,000 students out of our 84, 85,000 students that are doing remote learning. Do you think there could be a point in time where it just... Does, is not feasible to continue? Well, it's tough to say, I think, because there are certain, uh, it may be more of a hybrid model. I think that there, there may be that option at times for students. Um, and there are certain situations where it does make sense, but I think it's almost uh, something that's more of a niche than, than the mainstream moving forward. As you look forward, uh, one of the kind of outstanding issues is uh, labor issues with uh, the teachers' unions. Uh, how much concern is there, there there could be some disruption this year because of labor? Well, fingers crossed that we won't have any disruption. A lot of the negotiations are currently happening at the provincial and the central level. Uh, we have very good relationships with our labor partners here locally. Uh, so I'm hopeful, cautiously optimistic that we'll be able to uh, work through this process. It's not in anyone's best interest. It's not in the best interest of students. It's not in, in the best interest of staff or uh, parents or the province, frankly, for any labor disruption. So I'm hopeful that we'll, you know, calmer heads will prevail. And we'll be able to get uh, some deals done. When you do have a situation where in some respects it's kind of out of your control, how do you kind of plan for something where you can't quite control? So really, you know, we work actively at a provincial level with the ministry to make sure that we are as informed as possible about what may be coming. This, again, goes back to relationships. These things always work their way through. Uh, And at the end of the day, we need to be able to work together again. So I think it's around transparency of messaging. It's around being really open and honest about what are the variables that we can actually control in this. And then really keeping the focus on making sure that our, our teachers and our educational assistants feel respected, uh, but that our students and their needs always come first. Uh, something that was uh, just somewhat distressing that came out overnight, or we learned overnight or yesterday, was there was some hateful uh, graffiti that was in some areas, in some cases targeting some uh, schools, public, uh, Catholic, and, and other areas in the city. Um, thankfully, it appears no students were able to see this, but how do you try and make sure that these environments are as safe as possible for students uh, when these types of uh, situations arise? I want to be very clear that 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 kind of behavior has no place in schools. It's completely disrespectful and inappropriate. We have uh, staff members, usually our custodians, that are at our schools very, very early in the morning, often many hours before the school day starts, and they do checks around the, the, the facilities just to make sure that there are no uh, anything that would be potentially dangerous or harmful. 
they locate or those kind of situations and, and notify our central staff. And we go out and we clean that stuff up right away. And, you know, I, I took a look at some of the graffiti that was put out. A lot of it is not even factual for what is even happening in the district. I think this is based uh, in other spaces, and really, this kind of nonsense has no place at schools. We have schools with students as young as three coming in, and nobody needs to see any of that type of stuff. So uh, I would strongly encourage, if you're one of those people that are doing that kind of stuff and are listening this morning, like, please take that nonsense elsewhere. I hope we don't see any more of it, and it's a, it's a good year for all. Mark, I certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure, Devin. Happy to chat with you anytime. That's Mark Fisher, Director of Education for the Thames Valley District School Board.